Now, here's a bit of here's a bit of my bias coming in here. I I I I just can't and a bit of my sensibilities as well. I just can't help but feel inside that we're going the wrong way. Do you ever feel like like we could be living differently? I looked at the book title and it said George Welcome to the Any Last Words Pod. My name is Keon, aka Almighty the DJ. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. Special thanks to everybody joining us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. How are you today, Sir Keon? Doing well, man. Um, you know, it's bright, it's beautiful outside. It NBA is. playoffs is on, so I'm watching a lot of basketball. I haven't watched I, any of it. I'm I'm one of those I'm one of those people that doesn't watch the NBA very much until the playoffs start. So this is my time to shine. How's LeBron doing? Is he there? Uh, he's his series is tied at the moment. He plays tonight. Um, so you know we'll we'll see what happens. But he's a really he's he's ranked his the Lakers are ranked um a pretty low seed. Lower than usual, lower than they they usually are. But um, LeBron and AD were both out. Like I want to say, like thirty game, like I don't know, a bunch of games they missed at um at the end of the season. They came back like just before the playoffs started. So you know they got they, I guess they weren't playing as well. They got ranked a little lower than they usually would have. But um, you know it's Bron, so you know he probably gonna be in the ship. Is <laughs> Bron? Are you still a Celtics fan, or do you care for? Uh, you know what? I yeah, I used to be a Celtics fan. I, I definitely hopped on the bandwagon back in 08 when, oh, they, okay. when they won the championship. Yeah. I was more so rooting for the underdog. Um, okay. that they were. Yes. Um, because I want to say they pretty sure they played the Lakers in that championship in 08, and I was just kind of rooting. However, I've always been a Kevin Garnett fan, and he was a part of that team. Okay, so that also drew me to that team. Okay, I've always you, loved KG. It makes you feel a little bit better about hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, but I definitely hopped on the bandwagon in that instance. Um, but I don't really, I don't really have a team for basketball. I typically root for you know the underdog. I root for LeBron. I like LeBron. Everybody likes LeBron. Mm. Um, <laughs> I definitely root for the Wizards. Just LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Yeah, I root for the Wizards because they're they're the home team. But um, you know, I I watch if it's basketball and it's playoffs, I watch any game. You watch it. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. It don't matter. It could be. Well, are there bad teams? Like I was about to like just try to throw a bad team. Is there a team that's just like really, really bad? How are the Bobcats? They're not in the playoffs. They're not in the playoffs. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> the Bobcats. I don't. I mean, I don't even think they're the Bobcats anymore. No, am I? I might be tripping. And what was that, Charlotte? Yeah, I think they're the. I think they went back to the Hornets. Oh, yeah, they went back to the Hornets. Yeah, they're the Charlotte Hornets again. They're Speaking no of, the did you see what my dad put in our DM like today? Yes, I think I looked at it. I don't remember. I mean, he's always putting something. Putting in something in does in he it. know that you have a, a personal Instagram account? I think yes, he does. But I don't. I, that's why I don't think that he sends it there. I think that he sends it there as as like subtle content drops. Okay, like to try to like hop into our subconscious and maybe maybe they'll talk about. Because I saw just a bunch of one hundred emojis. He does yeah. a lot. Of, that's how he comments on everything. One hundred. Uh, one hundred like fire emojis and like the little, what? Like what? The little okay hand sign, like he does a lot of those. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, y'all was in there talking. So he was like, "You at work?" Like mad but, casual. But I don't know any other Russell Westbrook. So I'm a, I'm assuming that it's 
Russell Westbrook yeah, yeah, yeah. of the NBA. Right, right. I don't know any other Russell. Uh, this is the the Tulsa burning, nineteen twenty one race oh, yeah. massacre. I didn't click on the link, but I saw it. Yeah, that came. So May thirtieth. Okay, so it comes down three days from now. What's that got to do with Russell? Well, he's the executive producer of this. Oh. Is directed by Stanley Nelson and Marco Williams, but he is he is executive producer. Yo, these NBA players, they be getting to a little bit of everything. I just I saw a commercial last night. Dwayne Wade's about to be hosting some game show called The Cube. Like they just be <laughs> they just be doing anything. Like <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't know the good, I don't like... know the full, you know, extent, ass, of... extent of the game. Right. But the way it was described in the commercial, I guess two people go into the cube. They gotta, com- you know, complete some some feat, some something. Oh, that, but okay. if they end up needing help, they can call Dwayne Wade, and he can come in the cube and try to do it for him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is like an Americanized Ninja Warrior, but it's well, you know what? It's not even like super athletic. I think it's like a bunch of like brain games and just simple things oh, okay. that they do physically because okay. the cube isn't that big it's probably the size of this apartment right like, yeah okay and and Dwayne Wade do you think maybe he could help out with that I, I guess so <laughs> okay I guess so is he a charismatic articulate guy I've never listened uh, to yeah, Dwayne yeah, Wade yeah. speak I would say so okay. I would say so um anywho well, well getting into Dwayne Wade Russell Westbrook NBA this thing, this massacre burning. So when he when he sent us that, this Tulsa massacre, I was about to turn on an anime, which I did end up getting to afterwards. But I was like, well, let me let me just look up and see what this is about. Before I could get to the anime on Hulu, ABC already had one up. They had an episode of the Tulsa burning. Uh-huh. The Tulsa, and I was like, okay, so this is a thing right now. And it's because it's been a hundred years since it happened. Yeah, it was nineteen twenty one. It was also highlighted in. Uh, remember, I was telling you you should watch uh, Watchmen. Yes, it was yeah. in in Lovecraft Country. I believe they said it was in that as well. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. And I this is going to be in a way getting back to something that we we needed to talk about, but we didn't get a chance to. Okay, so. One, do you know much about this? Do I you mean, know much about I know that Tulsa, Tulsa was a it was a affluent black community. Right. Um at a time and I know you know nineteen twenty one, which is an interesting time for that to have been the yeah. people may not think that that could have been a possibility back yep. then. Yep. It was. Um and you know, a lot of, you know, upscale black folks, a lot of black businesses, um booming. A of, yeah, a lot of black entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. you know, just a happy time for black people. Yeah. Uh and then a, a bunch of angry And people. and specifically they called the Greenwood District. Yeah, okay. In in Tulsa, yeah. Um and then a bunch of, you know, angry white guys decided we don't we don't want this and we're gonna go bomb this shit up and start Crazy. shooting everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Over over three hundred black people killed. There were planes over flying overhead, dropping bombs. Yep, decimating this entire place, and it was just swept under the rug afterwards. As, as many things like that are, black people didn't want to talk about it because they didn't want it to happen again. They had to continue to live next to people. <clears throat> around people that murdered their family and just lived through that. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. So that was that was an interesting. It was like a 24 minute. I definitely implore people to go watch it. Hulu has one again. The History Channel is coming out with one May 30th. But and I don't know if that's a documentary or a docu series, but I think this is sort of like a docu series. This is a documentary event uh, for the History Channel. But yeah, just 24 minutes of packed with information and accounts from from the lineage of people that were that were living during that time. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was interesting it was interesting insight to have some things that I kind of already knew about because one my stepmother's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. My parents and my aunts, my grandma have talked about some of these things uh with me prior to me watching this. Same as that um syphilis study that took place right mm-hmm. like i'm learning some of these things from the from the elders but it, i kind of wanted to bring this up because there's some semblance there's some some small semblance between this and a conversation you and i were beginning to have but there wasn't enough time to continue to have a couple episodes ago and i said we we're going to get back to it and we didn't on the last one mm-hmm. and i don't know if you still have your notes on this hopefully you do was you were talking about lawmakers yeah. exactly not wanting <clears throat> to aid or fund schools mm-hmm. that were, I guess, trying to implement new, yeah, new, just a new way of looking at you know like white privilege and um, systemic racism, uh, systemic racism, yeah. uh, you know, systemic oppression. All yes. That yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so you went on with that for a little while, and you said very fervently, "This is real. This is this is real." Boo hoo! If it makes little white girls run away feeling as though they're bad people, whatever the case is, black people have had to feel that for so long. You guys need to. You guys need to know this. And so when I when I left, what I I think what I left it on was that. I disagree with certain points. Mm-hmm. And I think I think more so because the way it was explained was uh, generalized and blanketed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was a, enough specifics in order for me to, to truly give uh, a decisive answer did on it. Did you like like read an article about it? Or? No, I did not. I just thought about it. Okay. <laughs> so what, what, what I really had to say was I have no issue just like watching this documentary that I watched this morning with reporting the news, Mm -hmm. with reporting truth and having truthful discussion and thinking about it and speaking about it and feeling it and processing it. I have no issue with that. Okay. And we should be teaching our young to do those things. It can be hard, but it has to be done and it's easier through time if you've been doing it since you were younger. Right. Right. Finding healthy ways to process hard emotions and complex ideas that come with hard, despairing emotions. Now, <clears throat> you said this is real. This is happening. And this, that term, this mm-hmm. is to me a little too vague. Mm-hmm. Systemic racism and oppression is vague. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how it is to, 
how it is to be taught in the schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know what class this is a part of, and I, I don't know what, what the literature on it looks like. But it, but I do know that it means a lot for it to be accurate. Right. I know that it means a lot for it to be extremely accurate and, and well-proven um, beyond any shadow of a doubt, really. Mm-hmm. And I know it does not serve us to put anything in there that that is going to directly make some set of people feel as though them and everyone that looks like them are inherently wrong, hateful, hurtful people and simultaneously making another set of people feel eternally victimized as though they will never prosper. They have no chance, no shot inherently. It is it is you have been inherited. Despair and loss and hurt for the all of your days and that is that is what you will be mm-hmm. and so those both sound very romanticized but that that is a child's mind mm-hmm. and depending upon how this is depicted and how it's put into the literature it could it could very easily be that seed that blossoms into division Mm. Eat very easily. I could eat very easily see that. So when we talk about white privilege, I and we've had an episode about this before. I only have an issue when it's not the whole story. We have to look at this in a holistic sense, which is really privilege. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to look at white privilege, then we should be looking at all different sorts of privileges that people have whether it's the place that you are growing up in locationally, because last, just last episode, I was telling you how I felt like we won the lottery, how we as living beings in a lot of ways won the lottery. Now, a lot of people may feel that that maybe that was a lottery. They didn't want to win. Maybe that's their perspective on life. This is more hell than it is heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. That's not my perspective, but I also have my own subjective experience here on this planet. But I do think that being discerning enough creatures to to analyze location, privilege that comes with the location you were simply born in, Mm -hmm. that matters. And here in America, that's something that a lot of people ride the coattails of. A lot of people benefit from being an American in a lot of ways that a lot of other people in the world do not. That's true. And so that's one thing I've gotten into beauty privilege, which a lot of people will might shun and say, it's not real. It's, it's not, maybe it's not real to you if you don't acknowledge it, but a lot of people are living a certain life where they feel like if they were better looking, certain things would have came into their life a whole lot easier than they are currently. That's a that's a real thing. And then then you can get into the different ethnicities 
And there are a bunch of other stuff too, like just level of cognition, mm-hmm. right? Like just intellect, intelligence. That like that that is a re- that's a real indicator of quality of life for someone throughout time. Mm-hmm. And so that has to be taken into account too, and various other things. Now, ethnicities, depending upon the, and this is a lot of thinking. I, this is why I feel like it's a lot easier for people to throw blanket statements because it's, it's, it does take a lot of thinking and a lot of assessment to understand the varying degrees of all these different things. But depending upon your ethnicity, it could be an advantage here and a disadvantage over here. Your, your, your gender could be an advantage in this moment and a disadvantage in the next moment. Mm -hmm. And so we, I just feel like when I hear these blanket statements, when I hear these, these overgeneralizations about this is real, this is a problem, this is the reason for oppression or racism or whatever it is, I just feel like there just has to be a little bit more digging into exactly what it is, why it's there, and what can actually be done about it. And so I'm not necessarily against what it is you're saying. I'm not necessarily against these things being taught in the school, but the devil's in the details. Mm -hmm. So I would need to know exactly how it is being articulated to young children that are going to be the future. Okay. No, I, I totally get that. Because after I after we spoke about that a couple of pods ago, I thought about it too. And I was like, well, I understand that, you know, depending on the age of these kids, you know, it could be very detrimental um, to them, you know, as they move along through life. Like you said, it plants a seed that can create division, can create a lot of things. Yes. Um, it could create, you know, it can create allies to 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 other ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that can come from it. Um, but then again, I like what you said about you know the detail of it because we don't know exactly what's going to be said mm-hmm. um, in those literature books. Um, I think one thing that just what rubbed me mostly the wrong way is that people are willing to defund schools because mm-hmm. they want to open you know because they want to shed some light on what. I consider this nation's history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The nation's history. And I don't like the fact that, you know, you know, and I'm not saying this is, it's, it comes straight from this, but I don't want to hear that, you know, this young, this young white, this young white girl or a white boy or whatever, you know, came home and felt sad about it. So we can't teach that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's not what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. You need to come up with a better excuse. Okay. Okay. Like schools are already a lot of schools are already underfunded to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not paying teachers enough. Yeah. You know, like so I don't like we're gonna take money and resources away from you because you're teaching something that we don't want these kids to hear. It's the truth though. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this is the truth. A lot of these, a lot of these things, you know, a lot of the things I feel like would probably be discussed in that sort of setting or that class or whatever, a lot of that stuff needs to be heard. Yeah. Again, I, I, I can't speak to that because yeah. I don't know what it is. And I would truly need to know what it is before I would want my child, my hypothetical mm-hmm. child to, to learn it or not, because I do know that there is a lot of extremism bubbling up mm-hmm. 
in this on, on in both right now, on, like in, on in both time. on both yeah on both sides. Uh-huh. And I know that a lot of university is quite liberal mm-hmm. and quite extreme liberalism is bubbling up and smoldering through the education system. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are a bunch of universities that just won't have certain educators or intellectuals come and, and talk on the campuses. There are a lot of comedians that will not go to college campuses anymore because, well, one, some of them aren't allowed. And two, there's just a million things that you're not allowed to talk about. Or people will just boycott you, you'll get canceled, whatever the case is. And the universities support that. So I don't want to see what is in university mm-hmm. end up trickling into, I mean, well, it is it sort of inevitable because the people that are in university are going to be the people that end up running a lot of the stuff afterwards. Yeah. And so I don't want to see that, even though I believe we will see that sort of extremism in that, uh, intolerable attitude towards open discussion about things if you don't agree with what their new vision of the world is to to now be the only way that our children can learn things. I do think it has to continue to be an open discussion mm-hmm. of well, how, why, tell me exactly how my white privilege is is working out for me today and how it's working out for me today amongst all the other different privileges, why it is the highest on, in the hierarchy of privileges in every subset of of moments, of instances. I, I need I need to know that because if you can't tell me that, then we need to talk about privileges. Period. Like, let's just let's talk about that. You can throw white in there, but you also got to throw the other ones in there, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's that's really all I, all I got on there. Again, I don't I don't know the particulars of how they're doing it, but I think it's it's worth it's worth knowing. Right. I no, that's it's, it's that's de- important. It's that's definitely important. worth knowing. That's important. Yeah, that's, that's, def- that's definitely important. That's all I got on that. Um, anywhere specific you want to you want to move from here? I did. I did want to do a. This episode is brought to us by sensibility. I'm going to read the first four. Capacity for sensation or feeling. Responsiveness or susceptibility to sensory stimuli. Mental susceptibility or responsiveness. Quickness and acuteness of apprehension or feeling. Keen consciousness or appreciation. Emotional capacities. Okay. Sensibility. That's what I have for Um, So I'm on here today uh, to talk about my feelings again, uh, as I do. Just getting to these deep sensibilities. Um, This, you know, I don't know. This this isn't, this isn't, I don't think this is quite as deep as what I talked about last week. Um, However, so, you know, there's this thing that happens to me whenever I get hit up for a gig. It just, it means that. In maybe a week's time, somebody else is going to hit me up for a gig. When I say gig, I'm talking about DJ gig. Yes. Um, Earl can Earl can attest to it. My fiance can attest to it. Anytime I get hit for a gig, I can expect 
someone else to hit me up for another one mm. with in in due time. Yeah. Like within a week, maybe two, maybe 10 days. Yes. I'm gonna hit up, get hit up for another one. Um, I don't know what that is. Uh thank you, <laughs> universe. Thank you for continuing to do that. Keep doing it. Yes. Keep keep doing that. All, the, all the cogs and wheels of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> called the universe, the life force. Um now, this is what I actually want to talk about today because I got hit up for two gigs recently uh, in about a week's time. However, these two gigs were from my family. Okay. I don't like <laughs> DJing for my family. Okay. All right. That might sound horrible to some people. I don't, I don't know. think so. Well, let's, let's, I, said let's, to, I said to some people. Yeah, let's move into it. I said to some people that might. That might sound, oh, Keon, like, you know, you know, I, like Nia, Liam Neeson, I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Um, And my family knows that. Yes. Uh, and I'm not saying that they are taking advantage of me. It's not that deep. Uh, it's never been like that. They would kindly accept a no and move on with their lives. Mm. That's cool. But the thing about it is, is. Would I, they kindly accept a no? Like, if, if they ask you, and you're just like, no, nah, I don't. You would, they would they would accept the no if it came with an excuse, but if you were just well, like nah, I don't want to well, do yeah, it. Well, they would. Right. Well, I wouldn't just be like nah, I, I don't want to do that. You just be like, like to be honest with you, or are you going to say everything you're about to say to us right now? Would you say yeah, nah, I don't I don't really like doing family events to be honest with you. So hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. <laughs> all right, go for it. <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves. So I usually don't. I've, I've had tons of issues with expressing my true feelings okay. um and okay. honestly in some ways this podcast has helped me out um with doing that i'm the type of person you know i'm non-confrontational i don't want to make anybody mad i don't want to have nobody looking at me disappointed yeah. upset with me mm-hmm. so you know when i have my family hit me up for these gigs you know i'm always just like i, I just say something dumb like you know like I mean, you don't really need a DJ. Like, you don't don't really like need a DJ for this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need, like, because one, I don't want to haul all of my equipment to a family member's backyard just for it to be, you know, 10 of us there, you know, cooking on the grill and playing spades, drinking, drinking a Corona. Yes. Like. I want to be a part of the like, of the event, but not in that capacity. Yeah, I want to just be there with my family and enjoy myself. Right. I don't want to feel like I'm confined to the booth. Yeah. Behind the table, I don't even want to come from behind the table and then have to go back because I got to change the song. Right. I don't even really want to put a playlist on. Yeah. I don't want to do. I don't want to do these things. Okay. Okay. Not really. Yeah. I'll say this too. This doesn't really matter, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, None of my family has ever offered any compensation. Mm. You know, not even just a, you know, quick 50 bucks, something simple. We appreciate it because I would never charge my family full price ever. If I were to charge my family members, it would never be full price ever. Right. You know? But the reason that the money doesn't really have anything to do with it is because I, like I said, I don't really want to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a cousin hit me up recently about a gig that they wanted me to do uh, for their daughter's uh, graduation. And I'm just like, 
for the first time ever, I was I just told somebody why I don't like DJing family events. Yeah. I'm just like, yo, cousin, I gotta tell you, I don't I really don't like DJing family events. I prefer to come to family events and just be with the family. Be with the family. I wanna yeah. mingle. Right. I wanna run over and with my corona in my hand and see what's going on at this table. Then right. go in the house and see what's going on with the older folks chilling in the crib. Like I just wanna I wanna be on the move. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I wanna be on the move. I don't wanna have to worry about what's going on over there with the music. You don't wanna have to I don't facilitate have to the that. vibes exactly because you're taking a step outside of the experience. And looking from looking from the outside in, like man, that looks like they're having. Like I'm, I'm a whole, I'm a big part of that because yeah. I'm playing the music. Yeah, I'm procuring the vibes, but like, oh man, like it'd be really nice to be a part of that. <laughs> like that, I want. I imagine photographers that think like that a lot of times too. Yeah, like you're expected to always have the camera up and be catching all the great moments of what's going on. And in order for you to do that, you can't really be a part of it. Uh-huh. You're in the mix to some degree. I'm certain people are coming up to you and asking you to take photos of them and stuff like <laughs> that, but you're not really a part of it. You don't get to be as present as you would like to be. Uh-huh. So I, I I completely understand that. Um, And it's, you know, as much as I don't want to let them down, because a part of me feels like that I'm doing that because like I want to, I would do anything for my family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I have the type of, of mindset where I'm always just looking to just make sure people are comfortable, make sure everybody's mm. all right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm always so freaking considerate mm. of everyone else's feelings. Yeah. I'm never thinking about my own. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And I got to stop doing that. Yeah, find that balance. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like my, like my, like I said, my, my cousin who I finally was just like, yo, this is how I feel about doing this type of stuff. Right. We came to a compromise. He was like, all right, look, I got some speakers. They're Bluetooth speakers. This is all I need from you. You're a DJ. You're up to date on the music. You know, the hits, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, if you could just create a playlist, you can do it, you know, maybe do it from your phone, just operate, you know, just operate it from your phone. You don't even got to be over there. Just make sure the connection's good. Don't walk too far away from it. You know, so whatever. Mm, and I'm just like, no. okay. Just don't walk too far away no, from no, no. it. He, did, he didn't say that to me, but that's what I was thinking. Oh, I okay. Won't, I won't be able to be too far away from it. Yeah, very but true. But then again- it's in like it's in a it's they're doing this at a place that they rent it out, so it's not like I'm gonna be too far away, anyways. Yeah, like yeah. Where, where the fuck I'm going? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So we came to a comp. We came to you know to that agreement, and I was like, all right, I can do that. I'll do that mm. for you. I'll do it. You I, do have two phones. One of which you don't use. You can make a playlist on, leave it over there, so you don't ever have to go back. You can walk as far as you want with the I, phone you actually use. I get yeah. I didn't think about that. Mm. I didn't think about that. I do. Yeah, I could work for um, you. And so then, maybe four days later, I got a hit up from another cousin. Okay. That wants me to DJ uh, a party for her son, which is, you know, my little cousin. Right. Who's like turning maybe four or five, something like that. And, you know, one might ask at first, you know, why does a, why does a, why does a, you know, four or five year old need a DJ? It's it's not for them. 
it's for it's for everyone. Else. Of course, it's it's not for them. Not at all. You know. Um, and then you know, I, I thought about something, and I'm just like, well, you know, Gion, if it wasn't your family, would you tell them? Oh, you don't need a DJ, or oh, it, you know, it's a five year old's birthday. Why you need a DJ? Like, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do that. No. But obviously, those people are paying me. I was I, about to say <laughs> that's that's a huge difference. <laughs> so you know, it's whatever. But so when the, so let me let me let me let me hold on. Let me backtrack a little bit. When this second cousin hit me up, she was like at first just inviting me to the party in general. Okay. <laughs> and then she was like, you know, also, you know, I was wondering if maybe you could DJ. I will pay you. Hmm. So. Obviously, I'm more inclined. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's some bread involved yeah. in that. Yeah. It's all the way in Williamsburg. So I'm going to I'm gonna get something for the gas. Yes. Um, I need to get something for the gas. <laughs> um, so I told her I'd get back to her. And when I said that, she was like, just so you know, the invitation's still open. You don't have to DJ. I can always just, I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's cool. That was cool for her to say. Yes. Because none of my other family members have ever said anything like that. Yeah. As far as the payment. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I obviously I would I would never think that, oh, I guess I'm not invited because they only wanted me to DJ. I'm not thinking about it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I've learned from this scenario is the fact that I have to consider my own feelings. And I have to get over the uncomfortable fact that I might have to tell somebody how I feel. (laughs) I might have to tell someone how I feel. That's very true. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's very true. Um, Because they will never know. They will never know. And, you know, when I'm thinking about that, I'm just like, well, you know, Keon, sometimes niggas need to know. They need to know how you feel. Like, you, what are you going to keep subjecting yourself to shit that you don't want to do for the rest of your life because you don't want to disappoint somebody because they're your family? Like, I get it, man. I get it. I love my family. Mm. I love every. I love them all. Mm. But I'm, 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 I'm taking over. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking over. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> also, don't you think that you would be doing a disservice? In a way, I would sort of feel disappointed if I was your family member. And I didn't know that you were feeling like this while you were DJing my child's birthday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere down the line, I realized it. And I was like, well, I'd, I'd be disappointed. Then. Why didn't you tell me? I wouldn't have had you do it. So you're telling me the whole time you were just sitting over there. I mean, not completely distraught, but you weren't happy. Right. You weren't happy with your position there at that time. Everyone else was having a great time and you were just over there just faking a smile the whole time. Well, you know what? I don't even know if it would come to that because I know I would still have a good time. Mm. I would I would find a way to have a good time. Yeah. I wouldn't let the DJing hold me back. Mm. But it's just one less thing I got to worry about. Yeah, yeah. You know what no, I'm saying? I, yeah, I get that. Because and, like when yeah. I think about DJing, I'm thinking about having the deck, having the schizer, you know what I'm saying? Mm. All that. I'm thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I just be, I think, I, I feel as if that's what they're expecting too. Yeah. They're thinking, they're thinking they're going to get some phenomenal guy that's yeah. going to be back there on the ones and twos. It's a trying performance. To pump, pump the crowd up with the microphone. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Giving hip, shout hip, outs. Hip, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that shit. Like, that, I don't want to do that yeah. at family events. I don't right. want to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's not. Yeah, not you're not. Yeah, do. you're not there to perform for them to get performer Keons. Like, yeah. bro, like y'all know me. Yeah, like it's gonna seem mad whack if I'm over here being almighty. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> to the windows. Oh God, yeah. to the wall. Yeah, nah, nah. Like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I love y'all family. I just, I just don't really like DJing for events. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sue me. How did that feel, man? Getting, getting that off. I don't know. I mean, you do have, do you have some family that you've had a couple family members listen to this podcast, correct? Yeah. I don't know if they listen consistently. Yeah. Right. um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay. So how do you feel getting that off knowing that there's a possibility they may click on this episode? How do you feel about that? I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep fine. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Then we're good then. And that's okay. That's, that's the whole point. You see, you, you did it. And this is what I'm working on. Right. Yeah. This is what I'm working on. Like, What did I say in the chat the other day? I was like, uh, achievements is what, like, what did I say? Oh, I yeah. I said, like, achievements is what does it for me these days. Right. This yeah. is an achievement for me. Yeah, that's like, good. Because I haven't always been like this. Mm-hmm. I haven't always been this vocal, and especially when it comes to people I love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People I care for. Yeah. I'm not always as vocal as I should be. And I'm trying to change that. Out here working on your expression badge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, one thing I, I I felt like we had to talk about, it actually came to me in a dream, in a sense. I was dreaming, and in it, I don't know if you were in it, but I had the sense that whoever was with me at the time was a close one. Mm-hmm. And I think we had sort of awoken in, in some laboratory, some super high-tech facility and it seemed like it was probably circa 2060 something like that you have you know just like a whole lot of screens talking to you and everything was just real sleek and white and things like that people in lab coats walking around this nigga woke up in a umbrella corp yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that just like that (laughs) <laughs> Resident Evil reference for you guys. Right. <laughs> um and it was they were selling some sort of product. It was a memory product mm-hmm. of go ahead and you know trap your memories in this vial or upload your, your memories onto this stick and have your memories forever. That that was sort of the, the whole thing. It may have been like fucking Maybe Polaroid in 2060. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, forget the photos, just upload everything to the computer. Straight from your mind. You can live forever. Like your memories can be forever. And I just, I was like, oh man, like that is just, that is eerie sense. And then I thought about that video you and I saw a long time ago of this woman wearing a VR set mm-hmm. visiting her deceased daughter. And hugging her daughter and talking to her daughter and what that may be like psychologically for someone and how gratifying it could be in a moment. But we know anything about instant gratification is not best for the long haul. So you don't know what it's going to do to someone later on. And just thinking about it is weird. So then... Well, pop- there's, a, there's a certain sense of having to let go that needs to, to happen. That is that is you natural occurrence. Yeah, because there's no way you're going to tell me that you're only going to do that one time. 
You're not gonna. No. You're gonna keep coming back. No, they're gonna keep taking that's your money. That's a drug, dude. <laughs> that's a drug. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like next, next that, thing that you know, feels too good. Next thing you know, they're gonna advance it to where you're you're having a picnic in Central Park with your dead kid. Like. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you're definitely gonna be able to simulate the places you are. You're gonna be able to upload your memories, go back in time, and have like real events play out again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nah, man. That's that's just too much. But. I thought I would bring up Neuralink. So anyone listening can go to Neuralink.com. I've been I've been kind of interested in this for a little bit. This is one of Elon Musk's endeavors. Yeah, we talked about the the monkey. The Pong. monkey move. Yeah, playing, yeah, playing Pong. Pong. And you know, you never know if that's just them with a computerized Pong being played, and you just have a monkey sitting there eating a banana, and we just think that. The yeah. monkey- but if it is the case, then it's the case. I decided I'd, I'd bring some sort of understanding to this to this pod because I have some questions about it. They don't know everything so far, but they got enough to go to have a conversation about. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a website for it. Oh yeah, Neuralink.com. Anyone go there? It he has some very interesting the the and he has said this too, Elon, that the that the future is just going to be weird. He's like, listen, the future is <laughs> going to be weird. That's just what it is. What this thing is. Is it? It looks like a little a little magnet. It's probably looks like seven quarters stacked on top of each other. Okay, like that's like the size of it. If yeah. that, maybe five quarters, mm-hmm. and also uh, in diameter as well. Oh, like so that's, it's like circular. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And look they're like going little, to like a little watch battery. Exactly, thick ass watch battery. Exactly, and they're going to insert that in your brain. You know, cut out a little part of your brain. And they're going to put that in there and what he says with minimal trauma. <laughs> and, and then you're going to be able to connect with, through Bluetooth technology, your, your, your iPad, your, your computer, your phone, any, any sort of technology around you that you want to connect to, that you can connect to uh, through Bluetooth right now. I just, I'm just imagining like someone having, having trouble with their Neuralink and there's a little yeah. It's re it's re, it's, <laughs> like, it's there's funny stuff about it too that it's like clearly it's it's rechargeable so I guess you you can you like take it, it out because there's because there's no wires going into or out of your head so you, I guess do you have to get surgery to take it out I don't I don't know they I don't think that they've really gotten into maybe that yet like or a, if you can wireless just wireless charger or if you can just sort of just yeah so maybe something you can place right. on your head that would that would make sense so. <clears throat> Engineering with the brain. So a direct link between the brain and everyday technology, just to give a quick oversight of this. The initial goal of our technology will be to help people with paralysis to regain independence through the control of computers and mobile devices. That's noble. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's honorable. I can understand that. Our devices are designed to give people the ability to communicate more easily via text or speech synthesis to follow their curiosity on the web or to express their creativity through photography, art, or writing apps. The link is a starting point for a new kind of brain interface. As our technology develops, we'll be able to increase the channels of communication with the brain, accessing more brain areas and new kinds of neural information. This technology has the potential to treat a wide range of neurological disorders, to restore sensory and movement function, and eventually to expand how we interact with each other, with the world, and with ourselves. Yeah, this is wild. That's very interesting. 
Any, yeah. Any human trials? No human trials just yet. They've just been working on on monkeys and pigs so far. But I be- I've heard him say through his mouth that they should be able to start having human trials by the end of the year. So this is this is moving a little bit quicker than I I think people thought it was. Man, Elon and a little everything, man. I know, he, man. It's- he trying to put niggas in space. He trying to put chips in your brain. <sighs> um. First thing I kind of went down to was how will you address device security? I'm interested in this. We understand that medical devices need to be secure, and it takes serious engineering to prevent unwanted access to such devices. Imagine somebody hacking your brain. Security will be built into every layer of the product using strong cryptography, defensive engineering, and extensive security auditing. Before I go into anything else, that sounds great. You need all that cryptography, defensive engineering. Please, please do all of those things. Motherfuckers that are good hacking all sorts of stuff. And I'm having a hard time. But I'm, first of all, let me You're say You're not going to tell me this I'm is having, unhackable. That's what I'm saying. I'm having a hard time believing that this is going to be unhackable. Right. Right. And I can only imagine the ramifications for someone being able to mass hack these devices. Yes. That sounds like a very, very, very big issue. Yeah. Don't let it be don't let it be somebody of importance. Bro. <laughs> National security secrets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, and and honestly, I know there are a lot of people that are just you know into the future and maybe visionaries like him because for him, he's like, listen, this is this is what where the world is headed. Mm-hmm. To him, this is a security uh, precaution. Mm-hmm. I told you about his his sort of his insights with artificial intelligence and how he feels like there will be. It's not an if, it's a when of artificial intelligence getting to the point of being truly intelligent beings, autonomous beings that can think completely on their own and grow at such an exponential rate, it's unfathomable to us as these primates. Mm -hmm. Right. We couldn't even understand how they could learn so much because they can tap into every bit of human history and and information that has ever been known to man all in seconds time Mm -hmm. and build upon that. Mm -hmm. So what what, so this technological age that we have built upon in the last 20 or so years, that's something theoretically they could be able to do in weeks, months. That's crazy. In that he feels the only way that we're truly going to be able to live beside them is become symbiotic, is to somehow be able to be a part of them. That's the only way. So anyone that's pro-human should be pro this, because that's the only way that humans are going to be able to live, even if it is in symbiosis with them. Mm-hmm. In the way that he he talks about it, as though he sees it so clearly, mm-hmm. and that sort of visual prowess is kind of scary, right? Because he speaks about this stuff so coldly. He's like, "Listen, this is what it is." Right. I'm trying to talk to world leaders <clears throat> so that they can understand where we're headed, but this is what it's going to be. If yeah. we keep pushing 
This is what it's going to be. It's whether we're on board or not when it happens. Y'all want all this AI. You you want things to think for themselves, and you and, want your you want your life to be easier, more convenient. And like most things, there will be consequences in some form of way. So, so that's so that's 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 what he's got going on. Um. So of course the first application is to, to help people with spinal cord injury. They're looking to restore motor and sensory function and treat neurological disorders at first. Um, upon asking, will it be safe? They have not begun clinical trials. Uh, and so they don't have the safety data in humans, but safety has been at the core of the design process. They say, of course they would say, in particular, the link the link includes because what are you gonna say? It's right. not like right. the, in particular the link is like we'll get around to that. Like they're not gonna say we'll get a listen. Let's just talk about how fucking cool this is. Right. We'll get around to the safety pr- procedures afterwards. <laughs> in particular, the link includes technical <laughs> innovations for improving the safe safety of the surgical procedure compared to existing BMI, which I believe is brain machine interface <clears throat> devices. Or traditional neurosurgery. I thought, I thought that was a uh, body mass something. Yeah, body mass index. Yeah, it is. Too. <laughs> yeah, it is too. Um, let's see. Will it be available to healthy people? Neuralink is currently focused on making medical devices. The de- these devices have the potential to help people with a wide range of injuries and neurological disorders. We hope to develop treatments for many of the years, uh, many of these conditions in the coming years. We expect that our devices. As our devices continue scale and as we learn to communicate with more areas of the brain, we will discover new non-medical applications for our BMIs. Neuralink's long-term vision is to create BMIs that are sufficiently safe and powerful that healthy individuals would want to have them. Now, here's a bit of here's a bit of my bias coming in here. I I I I just can't in a bit of my sensibilities as well. Mm-hmm. I just can't help but feel inside that we're going the wrong way. <laughs> I just I just can't help but feel that we're going the wrong way. Well, I think anybody that, you know, any any smart person out here is going to tell you that there's going to be a some good that comes from this, but there's also going to be some bad that comes from this. They're not going to, they're not going to advertise that on Neuralink.com. Yes. But if you're using your brain, you have to consider the fact that this can go a wrong way. I'm glad you said that because you, you kind of jolted my memory for a little bit because during my dream, I started to think about some things and I thought I'd bring them into this conversation. There are going to be certain moral, ethical evaluations that have to take place at a certain point in time, because I haven't just read it on this on this little excerpt that I've gotten from the website just now, but I've heard him in some of his speeches talk about eventually getting to a point where you can take data, information, memories, personalities, and extract them, save them, download them, upload them elsewhere. And if when that again, speaking about that, I don't know if anyone can can tell by my voice, but 
you're at essentially once you get all of this information are tiptoeing in the realms of the human spirit. That is kind of what people talk about. All these things that we can sense that make up who we believe we know, the memories of someone, their sensibilities, their thoughts, their beliefs, their personality. If I can extract that and I can upload it somewhere else onto a computer or onto another human, then we're going to have to start rethinking the value of a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what is the value we, yeah, if well, I can take I can pretty much take what's there and I can duplicate it. I can put it somewhere else. They're just turn, turning people into a bunch of computers like ones and zeros. Right. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. So this symbiosis with technology is it. it I'm a little apprehensive about it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know where we're going when it comes when, to valuing other people. When you say download and upload m- memories and whatnot, are you saying like, if I take a memory from my mind, put it on some sort of flash drive, device, like a little, yeah, you know, a little floppy disk <laughs> of sorts? <laughs> Remember and, floppy disk? And I put it into a computer, like I'll be able to watch it. Is that like what they're trying to do? Yeah. To to an extent, yeah, you should be you should be they should be able to find a way to configure mm. it so you can watch it play out. Interesting. Right. Interesting. I mean, as cool as that sounds, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. <laughs> like, it sounds cool. <laughs> but <laughs> you do have to reevaluate what a human being is and in, in Mm-hmm. What you they're know, what they're worth if you can just extract all these things and bring them somewhere else. You know how they say, you know, like with social media now, like we as people weren't designed to just be taking in all these other people's thoughts. <laughs> yes. Just imagine how amplified that'll be if if this be if if transferring memories to a computer becomes normal. It's it's very interesting, man. I, I was looking at I was oh, looking man. at the so and so uploaded some new memories today. Let's go see what he got. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, let's go see what's going on. Yeah, instead of me having to write down my journal entries and to talk about it on this podcast and put it up on Instagram, and then, and then imagine I, I can just nigga, think about it. Imagine a nigga charging you for it. Like, oh man, Kanye's memories are only ten bucks today. Nice. All right. Yeah, being able to maybe. Like buy a ticket, an admission ticket into someone's dream. That's cr- inception. It's just a, buying an admission inception. ticket into someone's dream. Yeah, it's people that you know have very exceptional brains, and you want to peek into what's going on. You can you can buy a ticket in there like a carnival. <laughs> you going to the fair today? <laughs> you like you go you going you going to the Keon Harris fair today? <laughs> You just pop in there and just look at everything that's going on around. Like it's, uh, yeah, man. People are gonna be uploading their memories of having sex with their girlfriends and charging people on Pornhub. Oh man, what? <laughs> it's very, it's very interesting place. We get, yeah, they, like when you just start having these conversations, your mind can yeah. go. There's so many different things that you can go with this, and we're just we're we're not even touching the surface of what could truly become. We don't even know what that experience would be like. It would be akin to 
what our experience has been like growing up with technology versus our parents growing up with right. nothing, with none of that. I mean, that's the next step. You know what I'm saying? That's the next step. Um, it's funny that you say that because that is exactly the next step. We will be our parents. You know what I'm saying? Right. In that sense, we'll probably be looking at it probably, you know, somewhat the same way that we are now. Like, I that's what these what are these kids up to? Like, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing that? Like, what's and in the same way that our parents felt like there were certain there were certain slower ways of life that were just better mm-hmm. and meant more mm-hmm. because you had to I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was a comedian talking about how he grew up on hip hop and how for him when when hip hop was was coming out it was underground that's just what it was it wasn't mainstream at all probably like jazz when jazz came out so you had to go to to record stores and you had to try to find the records. You know, people had their record crates and you were going to find, you're like, oh my God, I found this. Like, I know, if I found this, th- I know that no one else can come here and get this because I just bought the last one. Uh-huh. Like, that's it. And we had some, some semblance of that going to FYE stores and Target and buying CDs. We were like, oh man, like, who was like the last graduation copy they had? Like, okay, cool. Like, I got this. Real quick clip, uh, clip here. Uh, my girl just bought a uh, a record player. Mm. She's been stacking up on her albums. Yeah, it's really cool. It's Are you, so, you guys playing them? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. super like nostalgic and just awesome. My dad just got one for his birthday, but it's it's a newer age one, so it's a record player. But you can also hook up it. Uh, like a, it has a USB cord yeah, you can put in there, the yeah, like tape recorder, a CD got, player. Oh, it's all of these in well, one. Well, she's got uh, it hooks up to speakers. I'm not exactly what it's. I'm not sure what its full capabilities are. But we just been listening to mad albums. A lot of uh, I know she picked up like some little Kim albums on vinyl. Mm. She's got uh, Solange's two latest albums on okay. vinyl. A yeah. bunch of cool albums. Yeah. So, uh, but record players are coming back, man. Yeah, I, I know. So so that's the thing. So you would go around and you would get all these things and there was something in the acquisition of these things mm-hmm. that felt very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And and back then, you know, people put a lot into the making of the music as it gets mass produced and then it gets kind of, you know, out there. Then a lot of you get the watered down parts of it and you get watered down music and then people don't really have the appreciation for it because it's just out there in mass. You can just click on a button and you can have get access to all the music in the world that you want. Mm-hmm. And in that way, this is how I, I liken this experience that Elon Musk is pushing for. There's a lot that I clearly believe in is held internally that we need to take time to access. Mm -hmm. And it takes work, diligent perseverance and attentiveness to get to and unearth, but it's a beautiful process. And there's, and even more than just getting the gems and the new uh, clarity and understanding that comes from working inside yourself, there's an appreciation that comes with the understanding of I had to work very hard to get this thing. Mm -hmm. Sort of like maybe people being born into a family that they're just billionaires from the jump. I'm sure that they don't want to be poor and they know what it is to have money, but they don't know what it is to work for that money. So there's no, 
there isn't that deeper appreciation for having to get it out the mud. Uh-huh. And I think that we're, we're getting further and further away from wanting to work hard for things in just this instant gratification, instant gratification. I talked to you about J. Cole's line from Let Go My Hand off the, the latest album that I just loved off the rip, which was sometimes I question whether this shit matters putting substance into something in the world so used to instant gratification and then continues on. We are just wanting things too fast and too easily. Mm -hmm. And from my estimation, from reading that I've done from profound authors and clinicians is that what is meaningful is very rarely or never easily attained. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And I think we're sure. just getting into an age where we just want everything very, very easily. And that's just going to that's a very, very slippery slope. Yeah. And so I'm I'm very interested to see where we head into the future. But you, I'm, all, I'm I'm also just, very apprehensive about it. Imagine what changes 10 years from now. You know what I'm saying? No idea. Ten years. It's a lot of time because we know we know, you know, what has changed in, you know, our lifetime. You know what I'm saying? 30 years ago, or even, let's say, 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? We know how much it's changed. I was thinking, Duty and I were having a conversation the other day about me, because he's going back and watching all the episodes of the Boondocks Mm -hmm. right now, and how I used to have season one and season two of the Boondocks. And being the nice guy I am, I gave my season two to RJ. This motherfucker brought it back to his house. And next time I saw it, because I was like, oh, can I get the DVDs back? Like, it's been a long time. Next time I saw it, there were like jelly stains on it and it was scratches. And I'm like, yo, I love this show. And not just this show, but this particular season. Season two was my season. I'm like, why why are there food stains on the CD? Once you ruin, do you remember? Once you ruined a CD at a certain point, it would skip or maybe it would send you all the way back to the menu screen. Or if it was... On the menu screen, you couldn't even click it and play it anymore. Mm-hmm. Once you ruined the CD, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Niggas used to put take get a little alcohol, try to put it on the back, you know, all that rub shit. it up. <sighs> you know yeah, <laughs> We had some crazy methods. Yeah, there's all sorts Those, of stuff the, like the Nintendo games. Like you take the joint, take the oh uh, yeah, the, and blow the <laughs> blow, blow in the Nintendo. Yeah, like put it in there, make sure the the, the cartridge is nice and secure right. in there. All sorts of stuff you had to do. Oh man! Yeah, man. Once you got the little the dust canisters, the little dust blower canisters, mm-hmm. those made a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. But I there was just more of an appreciation for things when you have to work for them. And I this this shit is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> all of this shit is crazy. But we'll but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. We've had more than enough movies in the last thirty years to just show us. Technology was, is gonna get wild, whether it's iRobot or it's Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf or Terminator, whatever. I was thinking that too. You know what I'm saying? But like, I I don't know. I kind of feel like a lot of people don't put a lot of emphasis in that because they're just movies. But the way that those movies are are put together, yeah. it's not so far fetched. You want you want AI to be you know these smart beings. Mm-hmm. That aren't really human. Yes. And you want them to know everything. Mm. They gonna know everything about us too as humans and how shitty we are. And they <laughs> and and the, by the way, those movies are nothing but manifestations of our mind. Right. Which 
it, which is exactly what it is we're doing here. Uh-huh. Everything around us, it doesn't matter what it is you're touching, what what interaction you have with anything is nothing but a manifestation of our mind. So I don't understand why that why that's so crazy. And the reason we're so connected to him is because it rings true to us. It's like, oh man, like this this looks real. Mm-hmm. That's why you like the movie mm-hmm. because it feels like something that could happen mm-hmm. if you took the wrong path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. But that's that's all that's all I got on Elon Musk. And, but please, go go uh look up. Well, what did I say that that was on ABC or well, it's on, something was on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah. So go look up this thing on the Tulsa massacre. I believe it is is a it's an ABC thing, but it's on Hulu. That's it's just very interesting. And then again, the History Channel has one coming on now. Yeah, it is ABC, ABC docu-series on the on the Tulsa massacre. Very interesting stuff. A lot of people don't know about it. A lot of they would say a lot of people in Tulsa didn't know about it. It was so swept under the rug. People in Tulsa didn't know about it. People growing up have no idea it was a thing. So you know people outside have no idea that mm-hmm. this Black Wall Street, though they they coined it, was a thing. Mm-hmm. This just booming of entrepreneur entrepreneurial prowess in the black community yeah and that's i mean and i'm gonna get back to what we were originally talking about earlier real quick but that's that's the thing that's the thing i didn't really i don't like that's another thing i didn't like about those uh these politicians trying to defund the school is like like how 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 can we keep just going through time and just trying to sweep things under the rug Mm. like there's a lot of stuff that just needs to be discussed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what, you know, I don't like the way that they're doing it there. Right. But is it needs to be out there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In yeah. some form of way. Right. I don't know how they're going to write it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to draw it up. Right. I don't know what the blueprint is. Right, right, right. But it, you can't just keep sweeping shit under the rug <laughs> to save face. So we have slid back a topic for a, yeah, for, for a second, for a second, for a second and that's fine. Second. You're right. You just said in some way, shape, or form, and you're right. I think that in, again, unless there is undoubted news on something, irrefutable evidence about something in the way that it works, it shouldn't be put in the text or the literature as fact. Mm-hmm. If you want to have, um, I don't know, sociology um, in sociology and, and psychology classes in these schools, and you want to have these debates, I think that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. If you want to have sort of these these recurring themes pop up that have happened throughout time and why it is this and why people feel this, why a certain demographic of people feel this way, why a certain demographic of people feel that though that other demographic is being fanciful and it's not quite exactly what they think it is. And if they want to break down all these types of things through through philosophy, in a sense, that I think that would be cool because that is using the Socratic method, which I believe is not, which is really, really sad that it's not used in school. And we don't know about this because people do not learn to think because the Socratic method is not deemed important enough in school, which is just asking questions about why you think it is, you know, what you think, you know, as you, as you grow older and become an adult, you realize that a lot of things that were taught, there should have been a lot, a lot of other things taught in school, especially high school. Yeah. Like how to think, Yeah, how to think 
that's that's more so what I would like for this to be geared around mm-hmm. is I you know we can't necessarily say all these things are fact or maybe some of them are fact some of them are fact in certain instances and not others but let's have debate about it so we can use our minds and think about these things just, as opposed to systemic racism is 100 percent uh corrosive and present in every bit of every system in america and oppresses everyone that is not white at all points in time and white privilege reigns over all privilege and if you're not white you are deemed to a life of hurt and solitude <laughs> and despair and in in yeah, like like in destitute. Like you don't, you don't, you don't want these kids going to uh, racism one on one. What you taking this year? Oh, you know I'm taking that racism one on one. Racism one on one. I mean, we'll, I, it, de- <laughs> it depends on what's in the class and how they and how they go about it. Yeah, how they. Yeah. yeah I, nah, I so I do agree with you that I think that it if if we are going to teach it, it should be taught in a in a certain way. A, yeah, maybe more of an open way. Um, and I guess how way- would you feel if if Jacory came back from school and he was like, "Well, Dadson, you know, this week we've we've learned that." That white people pretty much they have privilege over all of us all the time. Um, not really much we can do about it. Mm. Uh, there's systemic racism is so is is so prevalent in all the systems that govern us in everyday life that it honestly seems like the fight is lost. Like what are we gonna do? So so me as a black man, I'm pretty much lesser, and that's how I feel. So I'm gonna live my life a lesser way. Like what's the point? There's there's no hope there. Mm. There's there's no utility in that. I don't understand where the where the hope is for mm. for anyone that isn't white. There, everyone's gonna come home. So now you have white kids feeling like, well, we're the, all the devil, and then you have all the black brown people like, well, what's the point? What, what's the, we might as well like we're not shit. Like let's just let's just live life. However, mm. and then I feel like there is a not a, a pessimistic nihilism that grows out of that. Nothing yeah. nothing matters. Let's just whatever the fuck. Mm. I got you. Yeah, so I feel there's just a, there's just a more nuanced way of having these discussions than this is they're the devil and you and the rest of you guys suck and there's nothing else you can really do about it. Where were you at January 6, 2021? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go. <laughs> oh man. Oh. All right. Well, <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, what else we have to? What do we have? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to do card, the card? We got marriage. Me, all right, meaningfulness card. Let's do the meaningfulness card. My word is blank because blank. My word is confidence because it is building. Uh, I found myself, you know, just trying a lot of new things. Uh, trying thinking thinking more about the bigger picture in my life, things that I've held myself back from doing, from saying, um, and I've begun to become more confident in myself and my abilities. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I talk about this all the time, but you know, I go back, I went back, I'm going back to school. I'm taking more classes. Um, life is just becoming a little more fulfilling each day. And I want to keep it that way. Mm. <laughs> Okay. It's becoming a little bit more fulfilling. How does how does that come to you? How does that feel when you say it's becoming more fulfilling? Is it is it after you have these little bouts with yourself and then you decide to say something to someone that you're like, "Okay, 
that was the feeling I was I was going for. Like that feels good to do that thing. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be be me saying something to someone, but any action I take to just defeat the yeah, yeah. The, the lack of confidence <laughs> yeah. or anxieties that right. hold me back yeah. uh, from doing anything. You feel life. like you won a small battle. You're like, okay, yeah. all right, all yeah. right, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. All right, yeah, that's good. I, I, I like that, and I'm, I'm certain that. I, I'm 100% certain that people feel that same way. So I know that that resonated with someone. <laughs> My word is sensibility. What do you know? <laughs> because I have defined this earlier. The, was it the, the capability of being able to, to feel, to understand keen consciousness capacity of emotion, all these things to me clearly um, are quite fitting to this idea of getting closer to the the finer grains of earth, the finer tapestry of life. Some people might say getting closer to God. That's the way that they... That's what I was thinking that about. They, that's the way that, yeah, a lot of people would say. So we, we can use that terminology. Um getting closer to God, getting closer to our higher selves, getting closer to the life force, the life stream, however it is you'd like to, you'd like to look at it. The universe, the cosmos. Niggas trying to become omniscient. <laughs> That's what we going to fuck around and be if Elon Musk keep fucking around. <laughs> Bro, did you see the movie Transcendental with Johnny Depp? I don't think A while I ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, you should go back and watch that movie. Oh, but that's the point I was getting to earlier. Yeah, go check out that thing on ABC with <laughs> with with the uh, Tulsa massacre. But also check out Neuralink. It's very they make it very easy to understand stuff. It's it's very it's, it's an interesting website to go look at. But yeah, that's what Johnny Depp got into. He was a scientist of some sort, and he started doing some science that a lot of people didn't like because it was sort of defying God in sense because he was trying to get there with the mind. And this moment ended up disappearing into everything. <laughs> he just sort of like his body, like he died, but he was able to upload his mind into like in sort of, uh, I guess, omnipotent, omniscient, transcendental, which is why it's called transcendental. So he was just, he's consciousness everywhere. Yes. <laughs> And he was able to come back and like sort of speak to his wife and just like through the wind and shit. Like he was just, he was just a part of everything. I love you. Yeah. Like, and then at some point he was able to like sort of rematerialize his body. Like he was, it was, bro, it was a crazy thing. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) through these practices. How are the kids? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, you see, like a ray of sunlight coming coming through the clouds and being like, mm, how does that feel? <laughs> coming and caressing. As they're eating dinner. Mm, this is good. <laughs> bro, bro. Just being a being a part of everything, sitting down on a chair, out. Hello, <laughs> like, oh, bro, I'm trying to tell you. But anyway. Through all these practices, becoming more of an intentional person, I've talked about so much more of a deliberate, meticulous person about all of my actions. 
getting closer and closer into my relationship with my sensibilities mm -hmm. in all shapes, forms, fashions, which is why I read all of those definitions. It allows me to see things in ways that I couldn't have imagined before, and I find that to be very interesting. And I, I thought I'd share some, especially because we had, and we keep doing this now, something said on two episodes ago now, I was reading to you this George Eliot book, this Middle March, and I was explaining to you in such beautiful, illustrative way that she's a allowed to speak about things and articulate things and, and paint. Oh, what did you just call her? George Eliot. I could see Marianne Evans. I'm okay. so I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. I looked at the book title and it said George Eliot put, put, under there. Put some respect on her name. She needs to put respect on her name. She came out as George Eliot, but Marianne Evans. Uh, <laughs> and how beautifully descriptive this person is when describing anything, mm -hmm. especially these these what we would overlook as very small, minute details in the descriptions of just the way someone moves mm -hmm. or what someone's eyes says to someone. And damn it, if I wasn't having a conversation with someone the other day. And as he does. As I do. And my sensibilities came out to play because I talked to you about I think I said the word tired, how someone could be tired and how there are different ways of talking about how that person looks tired and what that tiredness, what that specific tiredness says about that person. And you were like, what do you want to do? Use the word fatigued. <laughs> <laughs> and so in that moment, I thought, OK, well, he's missing the point. It's not about me using highfalutin terms. It's not about me swapping the word out tired for fatigue. It's about describing what exactly that tiredness says. Mm -hmm. And so I'll give some examples right now to, to <clears throat> more so solidify what I'm talking about. The way someone looks, we're going to go back with the word intensity. Okay. First, in this book, they talked about a gentleman that was looking upon people and the way that he looked upon them made the person being looked upon feel like he was asking them for their best performance at the moment. I'm giving you my time. Like we spoke about before and Drake said, Versace, you want a verse for a verse, a verse for a verse, but that's not a swap to me. Right. How I said, I'm here giving people as Earl Hooks my time and with my attention and the amount of presence that I'm giving people and the amount of attention I'm willing to give someone at any point in time if, when spending time with them and sharing the same physical space with them, that though that is a mass of wealth and that I'm not willing now to have people throw little shillings at me mm -hmm. or pennies. And that, that's, that's, that's not an even swap. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really down to do that for a long amount of time if I don't have to do it. No doubloons. No doubloons. I don't want none gold doubloons. <laughs> so you can keep your booty. <laughs> so that is the look that this person gave off. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting look to give someone. For someone to be able to observe, that's what that particular look looks like. Now we can go to another type of intensity. Now, at any point of the in, in uh any junction in this, someone could say, or juncture in this uh, exposition I'm giving, 
someone could say, well, the word intensity works for all of them. <clears throat> it does, but it does not paint you the picture as to what that in that very specific intensity means. There's someone else I've seen the other day, and upon having conversation with them, they talk about having a very deep, profound thirst for intellectual talk with someone. They just want conversation that means something, right. that has some sort of sustenance that will nourish their brain because they don't get that at home where they are often because they have just recently had a child. Mm -hmm. In between the child and the significant other, they are not reaping those benefits. <laughs> and so when this person's talking to me, it's with an, their, their look is with an intensity. But when I look at them, that intensity I coined, I, I, I said this to my friend, it looks like a hopeless hopefulness. It looks like they hopefulness, like they have almost but lost all hope. But there's but there's a tinge of it. There is some glimmer behind their eyes of I, there could be something here for me. Like, please give me a morsel. Just give me a drop of this of this intelligence that I'm looking for, because once I go back home, it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. I can't have it there. Mm -hmm. So when they're looking at me and they're trying to have a conversation, it looks hopeless because they know it's not really a part of their life anymore. But it's but there is a hopefulness in there because that's all they have is this moment hoping that I'll have something that can nourish their intellectual thirst at the moment. And that is an intensity, very different from the intensity of the look of the man in this book. Mm -hmm. And then there was a third intensity, another guy that I just saw the other day. Now, again, understand through all these that it takes a certain observational prowess to be even able to talk about these things, let alone see them. Um, or see them, let alone talk about them. So th these are me getting in touch with my sensibilities and having a more of a keen awareness when I'm with people is I'm seeing things that people to my left and my right are completely oblivious to. And a lot of times people will just charge to the vibe, the energy. And people say, oh, his vibe is off. I don't know. I don't really like his energy. Energy's weird. I don't really kind of like him. There's something about him. These are things that people are intuiting, but there are actual real technical things that you could observe if you had the visual prowess to do so. It's too vague. It's very vague, the vibe, the energy. So to me, I'm like, okay, that still says something to me. I won't discard it because I just know that you don't have the observational prowess or the terminology to tell me exactly what it is that you don't like or whatever it is you do like about the vibe or the energy. But there's something there. You just don't know how to say it. So this is me telling you about these different people's vibes. I'm just giving I'm just putting words to them and, and giving you real uh, technicality as how I get there. This third person, I explained to my friend, I said, I do not trust this new person. They said, well, whoa, why not? Like, you don't usually like talk like this. Why don't you like mm -hmm. them? I said, when I look at this person, one, I've been I've been studying them very, very uh, acutely. And when I look at them, one, they remind me of someone. It took me a while, but they remind me of someone that I grew to 
very heavily distrust and was a very manipulative, deceitful person. Mm. And when I look at this person, what I see, and this is eerie to think about, let alone say, but I see a mask. If you could imagine a Halloween mask or like a Jason mask, whatever, with just like very furtive, distrusting, shifty eyes behind it. That's what I see when I look at this person. That person's facial expressions do not match their eye movements. And that is not okay. Mm. Okay. They keep, they smile too much. Right. Every time it's, it's time to say something to someone to look at someone. There's just this smile that comes in it. That's that shouldn't be. That's not natural. Everything's good over here. Yeah, exactly. But the eyes are just moving Don't around. Worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really like you. <laughs> and 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 what and and even more so with the intensity of the look is what I what I see in those eyes is am I fooling them? Mm-hmm. Does the ma- is the mask doing its job? Mm-hmm. Am I fooling this person that I'm talking to into thinking, into believing into what it is I'm saying and what this mask looks like? Mm-hmm. That's what I see from the eyes. Like they're like they're just like really intently looking at you to to sort of assess you uh-huh. and, and and look at your facial expressions and see if they're actually getting over on you or not, or if they need to change their tact. Uh-huh. And, and how it is they're going about giving you whatever bullshit it is they're giving you in the moment. Right. It's like they have a very like bad po- about someone else before, before too. I have. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel this way about people every now and again. But yeah, people's eyes tell a lot, which is why a lot of people wear shades in poker tournaments. Mm-hmm. Because it's not enough to just have a stone face. Your eyes tell things. And so... Me getting in tune with these sensibilities again, I'm seeing things in in a certain spec in a spectrum that I didn't really I wasn't so in tune with before. And these are practical things. You need to know who to be around because then I'm telling my friend, yo, I think you should stay away from that person. Sheesh. And I've said this to this person about other people probably like two or three times in the past six months. Every time, every time that person turned out to be a fucking disaster. Wow. And they're like, wow, like you really see this every time. Like they turn out to be so volatile and they're a ticking time bomb. Every time, like how did you, like you, you called this on day one. We just met this person. Mm. Like I told you from day one, I was like, if you get, listen, I think you should stay away from them. But if you're going to go around them, you're going to do your thing. You don't, you don't know me. Keep, keep my name away from that person. I want nothing to do with them. I, I can tell by the way that they're moving, by the way that they speak to people, everything about, like everything about them. I don't want any parts of it. it. To me, I don't say it's the vibe, it's the energy. I can tell you the things that they're doing that I do not like or that are, un, or that are distrustful, that are untrustworthy, that are shifty, shady, volatile, all of these things. Yeah, nah. So, so it's it's very interesting getting into that. One one more step is speaking about how people have these words for things that they can't they they can't truly express. 
People have a very, 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 as you just spoke about, it, it happens for various reasons, hard time getting what's inside out. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has to do with not wanting to confront issues yourself, not wanting to confront them externally, mm-hmm. not having the words for them, not being able to process complex ideas in a short amount of time, not being able to complex them in a long period of time, not being able to uh, process uh, moments that happen that may be complex to you or new to you and not knowing how to process the emotions that arise with them. You don't know why you're feeling certain ways in, in, without throughout the day. And so you can't begin to put those into words if you can't process them. Uh-huh. And so there are a million things that have to be done in order for you to have thoughts and then, and then think of whatever language you speak. Forget about translate out of people's minds that trans that are like translators and they know 20 languages. They're they're aliens. But just knowing one language and being able to translate your thoughts and emotions and process in such a way that you can accurately, efficiently, effectively get them out of your mouth to the next person. That is crazy. So I was telling my friend that most people don't do that most of the time. In that when I listen to people speak, I think people, for the most part, are terrible at speaking. Mm. And there was a a video my friend and I were watching and the person in the video, this content creator, seemed they were very florid and poetic with the way that they spoke. They were quite hippy dippy, you would say. They touched their heart a whole lot when they spoke. They breathed a whole lot when trying to gather their thoughts. And, you know, they would say something like, life is but a series of breaths. And when you get closer to death, you also become closer to life. And my friend didn't like that. And a lot of people don't like that sort of thing. Because they're not really speaking their language. Maybe they're just speaking in headlines and banners and bumper stickers. And they're not really getting down to the nitty gritty of why it is what you said. Like why what you said makes sense. It just seems like something <clears throat> prophetic. But I was about to say that just sounds like some profound statement. Like. Yeah, but it's like, but but break down to me why what you right, said makes sense. Right. Now, that's where I come in. I'm able to do those things. and But I'm also able to, I, I have ran into understanding another gift, this sensibility is I can listen to people intently and I know that what it is they're saying has great intent and it has very, very deep meaning for them, but they're shit at speaking. Mm. They're terrible at processing those ideas and those emotions and putting them into words at the moment. So I'm really good at listening and getting getting those glimmers of hope and what it is they're saying mm-hmm. and noticing that there's something profound in them, even though they're being said terribly and asking much better questions than the answers I'm getting. Right. Which allow them the right question. Exactly. Which allow them, but you have to be present. You have to be an active listener to do that, mm-hmm. which allow them to process things better because they're probably not getting these questions from other people. Right. And then they in turn have to take time and think about them. And, and they articulate them in a better way. So then now they're uh, 
reforming their ideas in their mind. They're growing stronger. You want to talk about achievements and confidence. They're growing stronger in their minds because they're now able to reform these thoughts into something more formidable. And so I, 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 one, I just love that experience. I love seeing that happen to people. And then when they go on and have the next conversation with the next person, they can now have a slightly deeper conversation or get slightly further into their exposition of their ideas and their description of how they feel about things. Um, solid. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is very solid. I was once this person as however well you think I may speak about what's going on inside me these days. I, I told my friend when she was shitting on the content creator, I just brought up, <laughs> she said, why do you not see that this is as bad as I do? And I said, it is bad. Technically speaking from a communication standpoint, it's a trash, but I'm listening to what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. You're just listening to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. I was young, 21 at the time. I moved down to Florida after I crashed my car and all that. And I'm sitting in the house with my brother. And I said to him, I'll never forget this. I said to him, because this is all I had at the moment. I said, and this was also right before my psychedelic trip too. I was, I, there, was there was something trying to get out. There was some transformation that was trying to happen, but I was, I was capped at the time. I was stuck mm -hmm. and I couldn't get out of it. But I knew that there was supposed to be a step that I was supposed to take. Mm -hmm. There was supposed to be, I, was, I knew I was on the cusp of a breakthrough, but on the verge of something, but I didn't quite know what I had to do to get there or how to articulate it. And I said to my brother one day while he was working on his laptop, I said, yo, yo, Julian, you ever feel like, like we could be living differently? And he looked over at me and said, yeah, motherfucker, that's why I'm working so hard to make this money. What you think? I don't want to live here. I want a nice car. I want a nice house. Like, what you think? Of course, of course I could think we could be living differently. And, and, and continue typing on his laptop. And he answered that way. And I just, I just sighed and continued to play whatever video games I was playing at the time. That's all I had at the time. What I meant to say was... Yo, do you ever feel like there's a another level of connectivity with life, human beings, living organisms, our experience in life in general that we're just missing out on? Mm -hmm. And that there's a, a different level of meaningfulness that we can tap into and integrate into our lives on a daily basis that would be more fulfilling and in, in That would take us somewhere that we wanted to be. Not just physically. Not just physically. Do you do you feel like we're we are just discarding willfully our time on a day-to-day -day basis because we don't want to do the sort of work that it takes to understand that there is just more to this even very limited bandwidth that we're able to tap into with our sensory stimuli. Mm. Do you think that this is possible? If so, do you think we should be willing to start taking those steps to understanding more about what it is we're doing here? 
there has to be more than just getting up and eating breakfast and going to work and going out to the pool and me smoking this weed and, and, and looking up at the stars and having some of these thoughts and then going to bed at night. There's got to be more to this. It's not just a simulation. And I couldn't say any of these words. I didn't have it in me to say those words at that time. Mm-hmm. Nor was it a comfortable environment to do so. <laughs> and he wasn't, he didn't have these deeper sensibilities to think that maybe I was talking about something deeper than that. Right. Something more elevated than that. He was just like, of course, that's why I'm trying to make this money. What you talking about? <laughs> and so that's why my word is sensibility. And it that's why it's a very practical thing. I don't want people to think that every time I come in here and talk about consciousness, that this is something so rarefied. This is this is something that taps into everything and is therefore, by definition, practical. It is something on a day-to-day basis we deal with. Mm -hmm. And it helps me deal with myself. It helps me deal with people around me. It helps me deal with my my comfort with the world that I inhabit. And so that is that is my that is my word and that is my why. Sensibility. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. I like it. All right. All right. So the next word or the next card for next week. What do you want to let go of? Boy. Bum, bum, bum. What do you want to let go of? Like I said, Buddha says all suffering comes from attachment. So in another way, what do you need to detach yourself from? What form of suffering are you experiencing what undue suffering is it present in your life and how do you, and how do you detach yourself from how we gonna do when we run out of cards man uh, i mean that'll be an interesting thing it'll just be another turn man it'll be another turn in, in the in the pod but let's see one two three four so five six seven eight nine ten eleven might be some bullshit in there well, that's very true we got 11 <laughs> left maybe seven if some of them are bullshit we'll see we'll see what happens well maybe we should just just do our best with the last ones that we have right. yeah but we got 11 it has been an interesting interesting ride with these cards yeah. for sure yeah all right let you want to do mayor of east town and then get the fuck out of here yeah man all right uh, what do we got, man? I mean, the first thing I'm going to say is... <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert for anyone yeah. that hasn't seen the latest episode of Mayor of East Town. Town, episode six. Uh, first thing I'm going to say is, you know, Mayor, she did the right thing, trying to go up and apologize to, to uh, Zabel's mom. Boy, when Zabel's mother opened that door, I knew everything I needed to know. I didn't need, like I said, them sensibility. I was looking at her face. Yeah. She, whoever that woman is, she killed that. She killed the look. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to do nothing. Well, the thing is, is you already knew that she didn't even like Mare. Very true. You know what I'm saying? Very true. So like, like I said, I knew Mare was trying to do the right thing, but nothing good was going to come from that. It was just sheer, just scornfulness on her face. Like if I could burn you right, like to death right but now, I would. One thing I didn't like that she said is if, if he wouldn't have went out there with you, he'd still be here. 
I didn't like that because it wasn't like they were out on some little vigilante mission. That was his job. Yes. He was, hopefully, yes. he was going to end up at that house at some point. Yeah, he would have been there regardless. You know what I'm saying? But he's still a, yeah, this is, this is, that being said was just, that's a, a hurt mother. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. It. But it's not like they was out just willy-nilly and they got into some some shit they wasn't supposed to be into. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I see it from two different sides, but she slapped the shit out of her. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that she didn't see Mare as a valid, truthful prospect for her son. Mm-hmm. Right? Because she knew that her son uh, was into her. Exactly. So yeah. I think in her eyes, it's, you knew he would have followed you anywhere. Yeah. And I think you just took advantage of that, mm-hmm. even though that is his job. And in her mind, she's just like, you bitch, <laughs> like that, like he he went and did whatever you wanted him to do because he loved you and he admired you for your prowess as a detective. This nigga fell in love in like four weeks. He sure did. Yeah, he, he sure did. He sure did. Um, um I'm also glad Mayor chose to go back to therapy despite it not being a requirement from her job because she got her job back. Yeah, that I was think, very cool. Uh, yeah, and again, these aha moments, these eureka moments that she says were not going to occur. Mm-hmm. So do not get your hopes up. Then we learn that the that the son had hung himself yeah. in the attic. Super tragic. Super tragic. And that Shaban had to be the one to find him. Right. You see the scene of her rushing home. She mm-hmm. doesn't remember any of it, as you w- might assume would uh-huh. be the case. She's just in get there mode. Uh-huh. And then to have to be the one to, to go up there and cut him down from the rope mm-hmm. and, and have him pried away from your arms by right. the EMTs. Right. Rough. But yeah, like right. I told you, we were, we were going to continue to learn why she's as cold and detached and despondent as she is from, from people. And I mean, after she went to visit Zabel's mom and she came back and she was crying, you know, a lot of people might see that as sad, but I think it was good. She finally got to let some of that shit go. 1,000%. (laughs) 1,000%. Her her coming home and her mother being like, you okay? And her breaking down. And you could tell her mother, I mean, they have their little, you know, their little bouts between each other, but that's Mm. family. That happens. But you know that they care for each other more than anything. Mm. And so when her mom saw her break down like that, I think it was probably the first time anyone, let alone her mom, has seen Mare break down in a very, very long time. Yeah. So she was probably like, oh my, okay, yeah, you need to, like, come come here. Yeah. Like, you need this motherly hug right now. You need this motherly caress yeah. right now. Yeah. It was that, was, that was definitely a rough spot, especially another one was when Shaban broke down. She was drunk as hell. She started acting wild. <laughs> she... She she was simping a bit. Like, <laughs> text me back. What are you doing? Call me back. First of all, ah. she first of all she took an edible. Yeah, and I don't know what milligram THC that edible <laughs> had in it, but she started tripping. Yeah, that wasn't a go to sleep sort of edible. Nah. Like she started tripping, started hitting a bottle with right. it. So maybe maybe that could have been it because I don't know what eating a, a high you know. Uh, High intensity edible and hitting the bottle will do to you. And that that Jack Rum straight. Yeah, I don't know what that'll <laughs> do to you, but she started going off. Yeah, 
You're like, well, it's so hard to call back on. Oh, it's so hard to text me. Okay, just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Yeah. I, I don't think she liked when, um I can't she think of her name, the, the black girl that she's uh, dating. I, I didn't Anne, she, I believe her name Anne, is Anne. I didn't think she liked when Anne told her, like, you don't have to, like, put all your shit to the side for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't. I think I don't want to be that burden right. for you. I didn't. I think she didn't internally. She didn't really like. She didn't set, her yeah. saying that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, for you. It didn't set well with her. No. She's sort of like, though, what, do, you, though, do you not love me? Like, do you not? Because then you get into that sort of insecure bag uh-huh. where you're thinking you don't want to completely cuff me. Uh-huh. You don't want to shackle me to your house. Like, what do you mean? And it's it's that's that's a sick place because then you think that extreme codependency mm-hmm. is love and that that edible and that rum just took her right over the right edge right and she started tripping and this healthy woman is saying to her no that codependency that's not true love i'm telling you to go and follow your dreams mm-hmm. and go be something because i believe in you yeah and if there's ever a chance that us really working this has to happen uh-huh. maybe we'll come back to each other who knows but no, that's true love is not just telling you you need to drop everything so that you can stay here with me. Mm-hmm. That's that's not it. So I thought yeah. that that was that was interesting. Yeah. Uh that, that Ron finally got to uh Freddie. <laughs> that Ron as it, got him. as it as it does. Yep. But as, I, as I, it does. Um that hair on. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I, I know that Beth is she's relieved. She has to be. I mean, yeah. And Laura did speak about yeah, that afterwards. Yeah. She says, sort of, listen, we are very complex, multifaceted human beings. That is my whole point of talking about the intricacies and nuances of the sensibilities, what it is we're able to see through keen observation. These books that Marianne Evans wrote. That is the whole point mm-hmm. is there can be a sliver and maybe it's maybe it's a, a large chunk of relief that my brother has died because he was a drug addict for a long time and he brought a lot of turmoil to my family and I for a long time and maybe I'll even hate myself a little bit for feeling that relief but it's there yeah it's, I think it's about understanding why that relief there. I don't think that that makes you a terrible person no. at all because I'm certain there's a whole lot of, of hurt that comes from him no longer being there. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I'm certain you there's a bit of you that still wants him there, but you just want him there in his high in his higher self. Right. So, so yeah, I completely get that. Oh, man. I, get, I know you relieved. I know you relieved. Yeah. You like, get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are now you are not fucking with that man. You, oh, matter of fact, now we're speaking about him. How do you feel about the other drug addict, the recovering drug addict, the uh, the mother of Mayor's grand grandson, who fell asleep? You know, it's funny. It's so funny because they hinted at that at this exact thing happening like two episodes ago when they were in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And grandma was there mm-hmm. and she was giving him the bath, and she was like, "Just don't leave," you know. Don't leave him. You like, love some good foreshadowing. Yeah. And when when her ass woke back up and he was face down, I was like, ain't no, I can't believe they let that happen. I can't believe they wrote that into the script. Oh, the, oh, that they wrote it into the script. Yeah. Oh, oh, you wouldn't have liked that if they let the child die? 
No, it would it would have been what it would have been. Okay, but it's just like they almost like like they foreshadowed it. Yeah, and then it happened. Right, right, right. But it, it didn't. Yes, yes. So yes. I'm just I'm glad that. He knows how to hold his breath for a long time. Yeah, he, I can hold my breath forever, mommy. <laughs> Yo, and 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 there was, you know, something redeemable in it clearly because the reason she fell asleep is because she fought that temptation to take the drugs mm-hmm. from her coworker, and she Shout was like, "You her. want some Energizer bunnies? You want some of these? You want some? Take them, take them." Like, nah, man. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't want them. They just keep calling me. And that was really good I, because I thought that when they cut away from that scene, she was going to go back and get them. She was like, no, nah, I need them joints. And that when Mayor <laughs> dropped the kid off, there were going to be some signs of her being a little too energetic uh, and being like, hold on a second. What, what's going on with you? Uh, like, nah, you looking like you hopped up off them things. I, but but she didn't. She fought it. And that was that was that was admirable. Yeah. And I really feel like. Hopefully, maybe they're setting it up for her and Mayor to kind of come together and just that would be good. Be co-parents. Well, well, I mean, they they kind of are. At least, I mean, they're being civil now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want them to come come under one roof? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, 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 no. No, they're definitely growing to be. more civil with each other. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just looking for some that might, very oh, specific scene. That might have to happen. Where they, you know, they come together and and shake hands and they haven't know, been we can do this. They haven't been in the attic since the sun died. No, they haven't. And so th- there's gonna have to be an attic scene. She's gonna have to go into the just attic, which it. would be the depths of the the monster's belly, the right? Abyss. Exactly, in order mm-hmm. to come out anew. So that that's going to have to happen, and or she's going to have to reconcile this relationship with the mother mm-hmm. in a deeper way. That like one of those or both of those things are gonna have to gonna yeah. have to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, um, man. Uh, what? A- oh. Billy, <laughs> Billy, we knew he'd been acting up. I'm not. You thought it was. You think it was him? Wait, that. Wait, you that, think he did it? Like you think he killed her? Because I'm not so sure. Okay, why? Tell me. Speak to me. Well, I didn't like how his brother. His brother's name is John. I want. Yeah, say. let's go with John. He okay. looked like a John. Yeah. I didn't like how they cut to that scene where he's like, Billy, I need to hear you say it. I need to hear you say it, Billy. Yeah, it's like we yeah, don't know yeah, what happened. Yeah. Like we don't know what where that conversation come from. Because mm. I don't know, Billy looked like the type of nigga where he just might take the fall for he, some shit. That's very, that's very true. You know what I'm saying? That's very, very true. And then he's like, "Yeah, you you want to go out to, to Pop's old place, he, right?" Because you know now saying? it's like I might need. Actually, I can't trust you. I might need to get you out the way. And then but then Billy's also thinking, "I might need to get you out the way." Because so, maybe you're the murderer. So one of them did it. If, if, nigga, if if neither one of them turns out to be the killer in this in in this situation, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Nah, it's only nah, one episode left. Nah, you know, nah, John might be the dude. He's already he's already proven to be distrustful. Yeah, because he, he's been cheating on Lore and trying to cover up through his son behind her back. Yeah, so it would not surprise me if. He did say to him, "Yo, like this is this is what's got to happen. Yeah, you got to you got to take the fall." Uh huh. Mm. I just it just seems like 
he's starting to try to manipulate and facilitate the situation right. a little too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because then he came out, he talked to Lore about it. Yeah. He was like, this is what's going on. Can you do this to protect the family? But see, the thing is, is um, he may have been doing that because he knows that Lore was going to tell Mayor anyways. Exactly. So he said it. He could have exactly, set it up exactly. to be like, "Billy did it." No, nah, I'm gonna yeah, tell you this. No, Don't tell nobody. But astute, I know she's gonna tell somebody. Astute anyways. observation. Yes, that very well may be the case. And when Billy and John were just on the drive out to the you saw how to he the cabin, at him? bro, that's an awkward situation, bro. Because either way, who someone in that car murdered someone, and the other person in the car knows. That someone in the car murdered someone. Yep. They know the other person did it. Yep. So that's our awkward car ride. Yep. And now they're just going out to to fish one last time. Nah. With, with the gun in the in, in the, the tackle in the, box. In the tackle box. Nah, man. <laughs> Mayor's popping up. Uh-huh. It's about to go down. Um. And mm. one more thing that stood out was like when Billy didn't want to help John. I, I hope that's his name because we, we were, it's close uh, enough. Um, they know who it is if it ain't John. Billy like, didn't want to help John, uh, you know, help him with his mattress and help him with his shit. And he was like, you know, someone needs to hold him accountable for yeah, one fucking time in yeah, his life and telling him to keep his dick in his pants. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know that he was even talking about the affair. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I don't know if he's talking about the affair because because quite honestly it looked like billy been holding a secret this entire time that's we just very, didn't know what secret it was that's very true billy is the sort of yeah because john i could imagine john saying if to convince someone to take the fall for you it's i have a child mm-hmm. you don't have no child mm-hmm. i got something to live for bro like come on you got to do this now the only thing i they really have on billy that's really, I'm not quite understanding yet, is the fact that he bought that necklace that Mayor went to go at the to the jewelry store to yeah. like get checked out. Right. He bought that necklace. Why he bought that? Well, I, what is I, that? Listen, I don't know what that is, but we also need to see this photo that was handed to the, to yeah. the, to the chief at the end. We don't know what that photo was. Yeah. That Aaron, that wasn't it Aaron McKenna, McMenamin, <laughs> Eric McMenamin's friend brought in. I keep yeah. forgetting her name. Yeah. Probably like Kate or something nah, like that. Yeah, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, Kate, whatever she is, she running through the streets, Dylan popping up. We still got to figure out what what, what Dylan's we, whole thing we is. We don't know what's in the journal still. I wish somebody would tell me what's in the journals. What's in the journals? Why, why he them? why he's running around with this black kid? Who is this black guy? I think like, he was questioned early on when all the kids that were questioned from really? the little okay. yeah from the little hangout outside in the woods. I think he was one of the he's many. Like, D, we gotta go. We gotta, we gotta go, go D, man. We gotta get out of here. But yeah, him pulling up, pulling a gun on her, talking about yo, you keep opening your mouth, you gonna end up with your face blown off just like her. Like keep playing with me. Yep. So. You're right. You like you said to me before this. It don't seem like he's redeemed himself. It no. doesn't seem like he's really I, had any redeeming I, qualities throughout somebody, this entire series. Somebody can throw him off a cliff the next episode, and I'll be happy. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> like he's not giving me anything. He's not. He's not giving me anything. <laughs> yeah. So we we still got to find out what their whole involvement in this is. So my sense is at the beginning of this. You're right. Something's going to happen with that photo that was given. And yeah. it's, you know what? This is 
He's going to try to get in contact with Mary and be like, it's John, not Billy. It's could, John. It could, yep. Because could. why is he trying to get in contact with her yeah. like right get now? Mary on the line. Now. now. Like, it's John you need to be worried about, not yeah. Billy. Yep. So now I'm kind of, I'm definitely in agreement with you on that. And whatever's going to happen as far as that climax is going to happen in the first 15 minutes of the, so? of the, of the episode. Well, yeah, I mean, because Mary's she's there. she's like there now. Yeah, she's already there. And then they wrap up everything else, like what Dylan and all these kids are doing, what their involvement is, what's in the notebooks or the journals, mm-hmm. what they burn. Yeah, every everything else that needs to be wrapped up. Is there it's, anything else? Don nah. and Katie got back together. Yeah. Uh, I, I was really happy to see Don yeah. like, go up and apologize to yeah. Mayor and say I'm sorry mm. for giving you shit for the last year. Yeah. Thanks for bringing my daughter home. Yeah, that was that was really nice. Yes, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think everything else has been wrapped up. Yeah, really. Like, there's no loose ends anywhere else. No, I don't think so. Frank is just gonna be wait for his fiance to come back home whenever she's done being upset with him <laughs> because he had to go take a paternity test for uh-huh. all of this. And yeah, but everything else. Oh, Siobhan, I hope she comes to terms with whatever demon she's coming to terms with. Yeah. Um, and also, is Mayor going to really give this writer a shot, this author? Yeah. Or, or I was, or is, I, you know, because we, we talked about, I thought he was going to have more of an more integral of a, part yeah, in this. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, unless some crazy shit pops out in the last episode, I think he's just there for moral support. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you said that. Yeah. Right. I was thinking there was something a little deeper there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he might just be from there for moral support. Yeah, you could. You could be. Last episode, man. I'm last, I'm really excited for last it. Last episode. Uh, they, ready. They I I mean, if the last episode's been anything like the first six, it's gonna go out with a bang. Yes. So my a couple things I need to say. Go on Hulu. <laughs> last time I'll say all this, go try to find this Tulsa Massacre docuseries that ABC has. Interesting information. I'm certain a lot of you listening don't know about it. At least don't know about it in the capacity that is there. They're also gonna they're also building what is called the Greenwood Rising, I believe, which is a historic center that is gonna pretty much tell everyone every itty bitty detail of what took place in nineteen twenty one there. So that's that's cool too. Cool. Go to Neuralink.com and look and see what the fuck Elon Musk is up to with his team of super geniuses. And see how you feel about it. Have some conversations about where we're headed in the future. And thirdly, go to HBO Max and watch Mayor of East Town. Please do yourself a favor. Yes. Please. Great show. Great show. Very sad it's coming to an end. But yeah. but great show. Yeah. Great show. I've I've uh enjoyed all of this. Yeah, now yeah, this pod is gonna go to a lot of interesting places when these meaningfulness cards are done. Mayor of East Town's about to be done. Yeah, yeah you just gotta, you know, continue to create yep. what we do. Um my last word was all your were those your last words? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my last words. Okay. Yeah. Um my last words are to remember that uh time is not infinite. Um and you know get to a place where you where you're finally uncomfortable in wasting it and do something about that. Um, as I talked about earlier, um, I didn't necessarily say this, but I don't want to DJ for my family because I feel that's kind of a waste of my time. <laughs> I'd much rather use my time to just be there with my family and create memories outside of me being an awesome DJ. And I actually will say something. This is my last word. Okay. <laughs> which <laughs> my last words will be, 
Try to exercise a little bit more patience when speaking with people, not just loved ones, people in general. And when you do not understand what it is they're saying at the time, realize that speaking, people do not give enough credit to language and the the exercising of speech. It is a very, very difficult thing to do in an accurate fashion. And it should be revered as such and it should be tended to as such. So when people say what they say, try to listen with your heart and your head. And if you don't know what the fuck it is they're talking about, ask some questions about (laughs) what it is they're saying that you don't understand and try to gain a better understanding. It's not just about listening to what they say, but try to gain insight into what they mean. Those are my last words. Peace.